2: Another instant reaction presented to you by Knowles247.com. The pinnacle, the apex, the summit of all things FSU coverage. Florida State 9-0, 24-7 win on the road. Shorthanded victory against the Pittsburgh Panthers. They are 9-0. They have secured their place in the ACC championship game, did exactly what they needed to do. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you a little bit how the sausage is made. Obviously, I'm joined by Kevin and Adam. You see us on the X's and Knowles. You see us on the instant reaction. My two calm, cool, analytical, nuanced... They're just, they're unflappable. I will tell you, they are the biggest panic merchants in the group chat. (laughs) My word, first quarter, second quarter, the loss is coming, yada, yada, yada. And it did look bad. But as we've seen, time in, time out, it's not always fun for the fan, but you have to play this Florida State team for 60 minutes because they cannot be killed. They are the lady falling out of the building in Austin Powers 2 after being shot by the bazooka. <laughs> they cannot be killed. They take they take their punches. They have inconsistent drives offensively. Maybe they'll give a bust or two on defense. But, dude, over 60 minutes, however many possessions, they are never going to stop coming. They are a zombie movie. They are a slasher. They are the slasher killer. They just never the
1: have a slasher.
2: It absolutely. Just like what my friend Kevin said, the hashling and slasher, they are absolutely hit him in the head with a baseball bat golf club to the face, shanked in the leg. It doesn't matter. The final act, they're coming with the machete and they're coming for your life. So it was, they really, the off, it depends on where you guys want to start. I'm going to let my two co co-hosts give their initial thoughts of the game. It's just, once again, another kind of like a culture victory, dude. Another just relentless, resilient, uh, impressive response from this team because they did not have their best stuff with Johnny and Keon gone whatsoever. Um, Adam, you go ahead. Initial thoughts, and then I think after Kev gets his – let's start with the defense. Let's keep it
3: positive. Oh, my initial thoughts on the defense?
2: No, give your initial thoughts on the entire oh, okay. game, and then I think we can dive deep on the defense first, then we'll get to all the offensive stuff. I,
3: th- I think my initial thoughts are if – if I knew that Keon and Johnny weren't going to play, that this is kind of the score I would predict, um, mm-hmm. knowing what what's kind of going on there at the wide receiver room and how many guys are banged up, um, I, my my biggest frustration and aggravation is I thought last week he took a step as an offensive line, then this week you I felt well I don't even know maybe it's an offensive line is the correct phrase as a you took a step in the run with the run game maybe the fourth quarter of Duke when you got Jordan involved and he was running around like crazy. And then last week against um, Wake Forest, you popped them on a couple of runs also, but it just felt like the offensive line was kind of finding their way and John a little bit more. And you were starting to move people um, uh, somewhat, you know, to the extent Mm -hmm. that this group, their talent level is going to allow them to do. And then today it just was like, I mean, Hey, come, come get us. And I just felt like my frustration was the offensive line. I felt like, and I've spent so much of my time watching that group that, It's hard to be. It's hard to feel like, oh, this is going well because it's not really going that well for them up front most throughout most of the game. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was aggravated with what they were able to or what they were not able to accomplish with that front, and you know, you know, Pitt's going to be attacking. They're going to come downhill. You just feel like you're going to be able to pop a couple runs on them, and you know, late in the game, they were able to do that. Um, Obviously, the big Trey Betts and touchdown run. It's great to see Trey get that. Yep, uh, as everybody and their brothers been clamoring for Lawrence Tolfeley and everybody else to run the football. You know, Trey Benson reminds you what he can do every game with at least one touch. Um, so he stacked a good week last week on on to this one uh, with that big run. Ultimately, my overall thoughts are like I thought the defense was going to do this. This is what I kind of expected. Was a little disappointed that Fentrell Cypress was kind of getting attacked and picked on, and they were able to blow a couple. They were able to get a couple assignment busts out of him. And we'll look at that more on on tape, but uh, offensively, man, it's offensive line just continues to kind of disappoint and it's aggravating.
2: Well, 500 total yards against a, a pit defense that I think we acknowledge is pretty good, like top 40, top yeah. 50. Mm-hmm. So not to, about yeah. about the level of the Wake Forest defense. They yeah. do it a little bit differently. They're worse against the pass, yep. and they are actually pretty solid stopping the run and stopping the explosive run game. So this is one, and they for on the ground to your point, Adam, 137 attempts, only 138 yards, 3.7 per. Pit really bottled them up. They really did. Now this was a game going in. It re- it was I expected a similar game plan to last week. Hmm. Not to jettison the run game, but you know what, dude? Just lean on your passing game. Just they're bad at defending the pass. They give up right. a lot of they give up yeah. a lot of mixed tackles. Very good, no boy Rex. No well Knowles won four seven for Knowles two four seven. Absolutely. I'm sure that's why Mike didn't want to score that last touchdown <laughs> at the end. It was solely for us. I agree. <laughs> but I the thing is, and I think they would have done it too, and I think they would have been more effective. It was just one of the worst low level teams to have your wide receivers out against. I'm with you. They could not get the run game going. They try to do it a variety of different ways. And it just, they're just, I don't know. I just don't think they're a competent running team. They can outdepth you and they can wear you down and they can pop an explosive. And that Trey Benson run, like you said, was the kind was the dagger. That's what killed it, but it is what it is. That's a good point. They didn't really run the tempo and the spread stuff. There was a lot of compressed formations early. Yeah. We, and
1: we've, you, if you listen, Damn we it. know that that's yeah. we
2: don't like it. We don't like it at all. But Kev, maybe give your initial thoughts. And maybe what did you think of the offensive game plan with your receivers out? Did did we put our guys in the best position to win? They did win. But what did you think, at least early and how it progressed?
1: Yeah, I think the blue chicken uh, said it here. Are you shocked that FSU went tempo and played four wide? Benson popped no. his long run, right? So they they really want Morlock to be an in-line blocking tight end. and Same with Bell. And they have their moments, but that's not the strength of the team. Um, and, you know, they're not the only culprits. Of, you know, the, there was, like AB was talking about, the offensive line didn't have their best day. Uh, but when they did open it up and spread things out, they, they got a couple shot throws. They were able to kind mm-hmm. of get underneath those safeties that were trying to take away the deep ball. Um, they were covering you pretty well deep. Um, so most of the success throwing came when they were able to get over the linebackers under the safety there mm-hmm. on little like posts and um, deep pitches. And when they went to that, they, they had a little RPO game going that they hit, you know, three or four times for, for big chunk yardage. And to me, it was a little frustrating because they, they you kind of knew they had that, right. That was there. And in the first half, it felt like, and even a lot of, a lot of parts in the second, it was like, they were just burning, burning plays trying to get counter to go or trying to get outside zone to go uh, out of these like compressed formations, trying to kind of play their, their brand of football which i get you're the number 4 team in the country you should be able to do whatever you want against 2 and 6 pittsburgh but they couldn't and when they couldn't they would burn one down and then you're having to ask Jordan Travis to consistently get third and eights and so you're you know stalling on a lot of drives in this first half because it's just it's just not working and then when they finally just said all right we're going to you know throw the ball we're going to try to get those rpo's going and to be fair they did hit those two fades to jakai Mm -hmm. douglas you know against wonderful uh, throw back to 2020
3: 2021 Keyshawn helton slot fade days
1: oh jakai douglas is a freshman yeah Yeah, Uh, miami notre dame jakai douglas kev the one
3: thing the one thing i would add on to what you were kind of saying though and we discussed we said it in the um in our group text was that it felt like JT maybe missed a couple reads on some RPOs early out of those compressed formations. Like if you've watched Pitt, like trying to get their, trying to get one-on-ones where their safeties having to come from 10 yards is a way to attack them, which is why you ran some of those compressed formations because you wanted the outside zone with the, with the um, RPO going the opposite way uh, uh, to bell or to whomever yeah, yeah. on that little arrow route. And we've seen them have success with that in the past. And it just felt like that. I don't know we'll see it better when we watch it on film review, but for whatever reason, it just didn't seem like they were JT wasn't pulling and throwing those. They were, they were forcing the handoff there. So that was, uh, that was aggravating. Cause it seemed like a couple of times that, that the arrow was open and he just gave it off anyway on, on, on some short yardage stuff. Um, and, and it got stuff like, I mean, I think if, if this offensively, if toe Philly doesn't fumble it, it, you know, and you get points, um, what was it a 94 yard drive i was in the car for that one so i didn't know it.
2: it was a good drive dude and that was the beginning of the game where the, the the name of the game was on offense they wasted too many possessions at the end of the game yeah. i think they were kind of careless with them to be honest yeah. with you because yeah. they expected with how great the defense was playing how limited the pit offense was mm-hmm. that they would continue to get the ball back and probably get in good field position yeah now, there was a miscalculation pick got a couple more explosives than they planned on, yeah. which is going to happen over the course of a game. I thought they were a little too kind of lackadaisical with their making those possessions count. Um, and it almost bit them. Yeah. The quality shined through in the end. But I'm with you, Adam. There was a I, I want to talk about defense first. We're already talking about the offense. let let it ride. There was a head. <laughs> there was a hesitancy from Jordan to run the ball. to to throwing it at the last minute. I think that he settled into the game. I think once he realized that he was going to have to be the guy and he hit some, he hit some really high level throws. His numbers 22 with 36, 360 yards, one touchdown through the air, one on the ground. He, he helped you win this game because his receivers were not getting separation at all. Credit to Ja'Kai Douglas for having a nice catch. Credit to Kyle Morlock for having a nice catch and run afterwards. Credit to the biscuit man for just sometimes when those guys are that wide open, those catches are tougher than they look, but yeah, the seas parted and they forgot. He looked like an offensive tackle and they just they, didn't read 85. But they did. Jordan they did do, a, do a really game.
3: nice job of get, going spread empty and getting those guys a ball in the middle of the field, which we saw a ton of from like Cam uh, McDonald last year mm-hmm. with a, not a lot of success. Um, for various reasons, but we've kind of talked about that a little bit too. Like, Hey, empty, spread the field. Let's see some of those uh, zone beaters in the middle of the field. And they were able to get those with, you know, obviously the Kyle Warlock was out of empty. He breaks a tackle or two tackles or whatever guys run into each other. and He's taken off for, for 65 yards. Like it was nice that they were able to kind of get some of those, um, those zone meters, those plays yep. open and available, get the ball to the tight ends and let them be explosive in the middle of the field. Like it, I don't know. It, it they're reflecting on it right now in my head, like how the game kind of played out. Like it, it feels like you were really close to blowing them out, but you were really close to getting not, not upset, but like this being a lot closer than it really needed to be. It,
2: yeah. You were on the track to an upset. If you didn't do what you do in every single game where you yeah. wear them out, you play all those guys. And then especially with the way the defense was playing, it was just getting pit to get into double digits was it was, it would be a tough task for them. Kev, what'd you think of the offensive game plan? What'd you think of the play of Jordan Travis? And is this a game where it makes you worried for the rest of the season? Or is it just an aberration going on the road and absolutely a field that just looked like my face? It just was like churned your stomach. Just absolutely atrocious. It was an ugly, gross, unkempt field, terrible environment without Keon and Johnny. Do you just kind of throw it away as an aberration? How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm seeing a lot of criticism over like the play calling, and it, we've we've done our own fair share of criticizing the play calling. And I I think that you know it's 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 a kind of offense that can be frustrating at times because you'll it's one that's built on explosives, right? They're trying to hit that deep ball, so you'll see two or three drives in a row where like you know they get one first down and it kind of stalls out because they don't hit that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's frustrating to watch it in but that's just that's that's the DNA of the offense and we've seen it be a top, a legitimate top 10 offense all year um and it's felt frustrating at times but i would i would caution you to criticize the play calling too much um you just really didn't have your weapons you didn't have your receivers no. good receivers win football games in the modern football era right ohio state is the number 1 team in the country and a big part of that is because their quarterback can be absolute garbage and Marvin Harrison's gonna bail him out, right? Yeah. So um look at Missouri, what...
2: like even a team that has like kind of like middling pieces surrounding them, a kid like a Luther Burden, like that's enough. That's enough to take Missouri to like a seven, eight win type team. Like you're right, dude. It's it's becoming different than it used to be. Having a having an elite top of the mountain wide receiver, that is a difference maker. That is a huge war. He's a war machine, a wins above replacement machine.
1: Yeah, that, this team looked a lot like Florida State two years ago tonight, just offensively, because you just didn't have anybody that was winning one on ones on the outside. And when that's the case, when teams can one on one on you on the outside and you're not going to be able to consistently just torch them with that, well, they can load up the box and keep you from running the football. So like at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do. I think they could have schemed up some more man beaters and kind of been like, we don't have a lot of wide receivers, so we're going to be a little creative here. And I do think they they had some creative flair, but at the end of the day, this is a game I think you were expecting to walk in, even with your second string wide receivers and be able to win fairly comfortably. You tr- put a lot of trust on your defense. I think that um, they didn't want to just they're not going to install a whole new playbook to play pit with second string receivers. You're going to do what you do. You're going to stick to your guns and you're going to say, we're going to beat this mediocre team with our second string guys who are going to be our first string guys next year. So like credit to them, the, the, the game planning and the play calling. I think there's some criticism to be weaved in there, especially as the game got close later on. But I don't think that it's like this huge thing of like, the sky is falling. It's, it, it's different with
3: Keon. I don't think people understand how difficult it is to call plays, too, when you are not blocking people. Like It's not easy when you, can, you can't you can say, all right, I'm going to be able to do this because we can do this. They, they're, they're not blocking people that well enough to be able to rely on their run game and go out there and hang their hat on something. So then what do you hang your hat on? Slot phase to Ja'Kai Douglas? Like if Keon or Johnny are there, then you've got another – big star athlete out on the the outside that you can hang your hat on by getting him the football. Um, And teams have to game plan for them. You know what they game plan for today? Stop Jordan Travis. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Don't let him get going. Uh, Don't let the ground game get going. And we're going to man up these wide receivers and see if they can beat us. I mean, that's what it really kind of boiled down to. So as far as play calling goes, like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Are there one or two? Like, I didn't love the flea flicker there. Yeah. Uh, it got you out of field goal position. Like, I thought points there were more important than trying to get a touchdown. But, I mean, as far as over the course of the football game, like, eh, you know, guys are going to have bad play calls. Those happen. But when teams are able to just stuff the box and you can't move people, I don't, there's no master play game plan for that stuff. I mean, you're just kind of going to have to figure it out. And they, they figured it out as the game went on.
2: I think, too, I think this is a perfect example of why you see Mike Norvell so in love with verticality and explosiveness. Because you you can see how teams can defend an offense full of some pretty talented people and a very, very good quarterback at the college level when they do not expect, like respect your explosive cap- play capability they can defend the crap out of you, dude. And they can be very yeah. aggressive and they can gain confidence over the course of it. So it's not even just missing Keon and Johnny, their production, like the passes that they would have caught, the touchdowns that they would have made. It's just their mere presence on the field that allows Pitt to call their defense a 100% differently. Yeah. The
3: with- pure schematical standpoint, the, the, the schematic difference that they make for you I mean, we, how many times have we seen Keon getting bracketed? That means there's only nine other guys to play defense with because two of them are on him. Well, that means there's only so many dudes you could put in the box because you're going to have Johnny on the other side, and guess what? They might bracket him, or you're going to get solo coverage on him. Like solo coverage on Johnny versus solo co- coverage on Kentron, who hasn't been right this year. For I don't know what's going on, so don't even bother asking, is he hurt? I don't know. Um, but there's a hell of a big difference there. and When you've got a guy getting bracketed, <clears throat> And now they can't roll an extra safety down the box to stop Jordan uh with the run game or to or to load the box to stop the run game. It makes a big difference. And I, I agree. The offensive line isn't good enough to play uh what a seven or six on eight football against a quarters team, which is what Absol- they got the majority of the night.
2: Absolutely. The then it was pit was able to play the numbers game because they didn't respect you over the top. The yeah. safeties were yeah. You heard those kids' names called all night, that McMillan kid. All those guys were extremely involved in run stuffs. And I think that, like I said, there were some things they need to clean up. Man, with those two guys in the game, this goes a 1,000% differently. And hopefully you're going to have them in for these next three games. So the whole season is going to go a 1,000% differently. Let's shift to the defense. Pitt's offense is garbage. And I think Florida State's defense made them look even more so. They were suffocating on the night. Great effort from the from the defensive line. I thought the linebackers had a really good game. I thought D, like Kalen DeLoach, uh, Tatum Bethune, but the one that really stood out to me was DJ Lundy. I thought he had a fantastic game. And then for the most part, I think your secondary did a did a very good job. They were able to attack Ventrell Cypress a couple times, like after the catch in the run game, things like that. A couple coverage busts, but I mean. Even on one of the big plays, man, massive play by Cypress to strip the ball in the end zone. That's huge. That's winning football. That's never given up on a play. That's somebody that's that's another part of the culture, somebody that's bought in. Kev, what did you think of the defensive effort? Were there any particular players, a unit that stood out to you? I thought it was just a great it was a great, great effort. And they they were the biggest component of this win today, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a mediocre offense, but that that quarterback when he's on has has arm talent and he he was able to torch and decent Louisville defense um, just in the right circumstances. And he was making some good throws early. I think Florida State at the beginning of the game thought that they could kind of speed him up, bring pressure, be aggressive, kind of live that life um, that they've had so much success with over the past few weeks. But they had a they had a coverage bust. They weren't getting to the quarterback as, as quickly as they were. I think hoping they could with that <laughs> extra pressure. Um, and what are you so, laughing
2: about? What what was that? It,
1: what somebody said just say Fisk. Fisk was a bad dude in this game. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah he is, yeah. he
1: is every game. To be honest, he's he's a he's a, yeah. he's a good ball player. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. Um, I, I think they were early. On, uh, <laughs> I think they were aggressive early on. I think that Pitt hit you know that one shot play because they were aggressive couldn't get to the quarterback I think they kind of weighed that that extra pressure wasn't getting there he's getting rid of the ball and they kind of backed off I wouldn't be surprised to see the first second half split on blitzes being a lot lower in the second half because they just figured we're gonna let you know verse and Peyton get pressure and we're gonna just cover people up and they did that and I think that it that it really worked and, you know, Pitt really didn't have anything on the ground or, or in the air. And yeah. outside of, if you take that one, so their stats say they had six yards per play. Um, and really it's just that 80, 81 yard play. That's skewing right. those statistics. They didn't even have a lot of plays this game. This this mm-hmm. is actually a pretty short game in terms of plays played. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that, I think some of the stats are going to, Make it look like Pitt had a better game than they had. I mean, you had but. a couple
3: flags. You had a couple flags that ex- that extended a couple of drives. From Pat Payton had two flags specifically a roughing the passer penalty and then an illegal hands penalty. They, that allowed them to get a, a few extra uh, touches um, on drives. But I thought. Bad punts
2: too. The special yeah. teams had a bad day. The kick out of the end zone, a couple bad punts. Pitt had a lot better. They had a lot better field position than did. they than they deserved. Pull my up opinion. game on
3: paper, Kev, so people can look at it. Um, But I also they they should have had at least four picks today. Like balls just flying by guys' hands, guys' hands. Like I think I said it a couple times. Like at some point they're going to get one of these. It goes to them, and yeah, they end up. I mean, it ended up happening. Uh, Conrad Hussey. Was the right, it was the man was spot in, right, in the right position and got one. Um,
1: I think there's I, a bug here. I don't think our average starting field <laughs> position was on their zero yards. <laughs> I don't think so. We defaulted no. to a touchdown. And
3: this was definitely not on their own one. Yeah, but <laughs> that's interesting.
2: Looking at the team stats, I mean, 4. It, it kinda, 8,
3: three plays per drive like, holy crap, dude! Like, yeah, that's that's a dominant performance,
2: it really is. And then if you take a look at it, EPA per play. Purple's bad, green's good. Every right. single play they ran, Pitt was in the purple. Florida State had a very middling performance on offense. Success rate was okay. Yards per play, not bad. Uh, their yards EPA per drop
3: dropback is good. Like that's not bad. But the rush, rush for dude. Drop is... eighth percentile. Yeah, games, it's killing them. It is absolutely killing them
1: on offense. Florida State's yeah, offensive yes, of running game right. was thirteenth percentile yeah. for I all mean, games this season. Pitt was
3: so. a Pitt was a middling. Had mid- middling EPA uh, rush. What was the success rate? Go
1: down to like the running.
3: I'm curious, like some of the Havoc stuff.
1: Okay, so Havoc rate. No. So, Terrible. yeah. Um, so this was kind of telling. I saw this earlier. Um, so they do a calculation of what's called offensive line yards. And that's essentially like how many yards before contact. Um, yeah. And they they... They beat Florida State. Pitt beat Florida State in offensive line yards at one point six yards per play versus one point two. So you were losing that offensive line battle. Um I think some scheme played into that as well. Uh but yeah, I mean one point two four offensive line yards per carry well, is, is not good enough.
3: How much is the um how much does the big run kind of boost some of these numbers? Which I mean the big run counts. Big time.
1: But I mean if you it, take it, so they, they do they do stats. Without the explosive plays. So, mm. without explosive plays, when passing, negative you're at negative five. six, which is kind of makes sense because most of the passes were downfield. But I without, without the bad. explosive play rushing, no. y- you had negative 15 Four. estimated points average added. So, you basically lost 15 points every time you handed the ball off outside of that or over the course of the game. You, will, you lost half a point every time you handed which, the ball
2: which off. The, not gr- not great. <laughs> But this is an offense that the foundation is built on explosivity. So obviously these numbers are going to be more dramatic than any other teams. However, that's telling in your eyes and the numbers matched up. They had a hell of a time running the football. But I I don't know how many teams in the country are going to be able to consistently run the football when there's eight or nine guys flying into the box when you got safeties flying in. Like the type of defense that Pitt got to play. Because they weren't worried about anything on the outside yeah. is not a defense that you can play against Florida State any other week. So I don't want to dismiss it, and no. I think that the ceiling of the offense is the offensive line. I think that's the ultimate ceiling. But this was such a such an extreme outlier game for the way that Pitt could play, like that havoc rate. They, uh, the offensive line didn't play good, but a lot of that ooh. havoc rate is because of the blitzing and the pressures, right?
3: The league neighbors, huge touchdown. Um I, I would, I would agree with you. Yes. It was an outlier as far as game plan stuff, but it wasn't an outlier for per, you know, performance no. for the offense. The same offenders, game. the yeah, same I people we not, talk
2: about every week. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I think that that's why it's concerning is because it just has continued to rear its ugly head and it doesn't, I guess it's not going anywhere. Um, maybe we'll see that it is when you have Keanu and Johnny back. I hope that that's the case. Uh, I'm curious against Miami, what that looks like. Um, so, We're going to to get some answers and I'm, you know, I want to look at it on film. You know, when we do film review this week and it's it's not always on the offensive line. A lot of times, you know, we sit here, we talk and in the post game and we say, oh, the offensive line didn't do good. And then sometimes it's on the tight ends. We've seen plenty of games where edge perimeter blocking wasn't good. Tight end blocking wasn't good. Jordan should have kept the ball. Uh, You know, they should have pulled on and thrown the RPO, whatever. So it's not uh, totally fair to put all the blame at the feet of the offensive line here. We'll kind of, we'll figure that out as we get into film but it does continue. it does continue we said it in the preseason when we were talking about the offensive line and we've continued to say it since game 2 really when Trey killed me for being negative but dang yeah, it it was. played itself out unfortunately
2: the, yeah they're they n- won, they're not you're they're, they're you're 9 and 0 so you're so, not yeah, i mean you are, you're 9 and 0 so you were still you're a right. little bit neg but you were on you were on to something i can even acknowledge that you were on to something it's one of those deals <laughs> where not only did you miss two of the best receivers in the country, you missed the best perimeter-blocking receiver in the country. Yeah. And a dude in Keon Coleman cool. who – Probably, he's probably got two a, of the best. Probably best. Was, he's got a fun little highlight reel. He yeah. is, dude. Yeah. He's just yeah. powered by McChickens and Oreo McFizz. Yeah. If you guys ever see it, like his pregame meal from McDonald's is absolutely psychotic. Oh, nice, I love it, dude, Oreo
3: McFlurry. too uh, uh, hot and spicy with, with cheese. spicy with yeah. cheese, Extra
2: mayo, a 10-piece For- nug, and a medium dude, fry. Can't
3: imagine. How is he not – crapping his brain probably
2: honestly a uh like a like a large mcdonald's sprite on top of it for like, yeah, yeah,
3: fuel. like um, all right well, here's the bottom line trey i think you said the best thing they're nine and oh and bottom line like I th- i've seen some stuff you know people are uh, why didn't mike punch it in there for cute points and all they're nine and oh you're locked into the acc championship game you've got miami coming town with a big game and a big recruiting weekend an opportunity to continue to plant your flag as the best team in the state. Like the college football playoff crap just doesn't matter right now. No, It'll matter in three weeks. Matter. It's going to matter in three weeks right now. Wins are the bottom line. Cause if you go undefeated, you're locked in.
2: It might matter like for this week, for the fake rankings that come yeah. out this week, it's a week to week thing, but guys, I'm hyped for
3: the- Washington, you're in the played like crap the last three weeks. It doesn't, yeah. it's whatever
2: the, right. It, it might, you might get mad on Tuesday when the rankings come out, yeah. but ultimately it doesn't stacking up. The wins matter. You're in the end game. Now you're basically, if you're a basketball head, you're in the March tournament. I like it. This was the tough game against Vermont, like the four or the three in the 14th seed. Yeah. <laughs> and two of your best players are out and you beat them by 10, but yep. you were kind of losing into the second half. It don't matter, dude yep. stack the wins. The wins are what
3: matter. Florida just took a big fat L in overtime to Arkansas today. Like in front of some good
2: receivers. Like you don't want that to happen.
3: Could be doing that garbage. Yeah. And both those good receivers are gonna be in Tallahassee next weekend. So
2: Kev, I, I we don't normally do this on the instant reaction, but I'm going to do a little bit of a change just to end it because we Ooh. are into rivalry week. And like I said, being the calm, cool, analytical mind, you absolutely despise Miami. <laughs> what do you think about FSU's? Like, just give me your initial thoughts. I want you to kickstart Miami Hate Week and just kind of give me your initial thoughts and what you're thinking about Miami in this matchup and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so you can you can look at Miami's. Stats throughout the year, and I'm going to talk about this more in my my preview video. But you can basically draw a line after the month of October, and in the in the month of October, they were a top ten offense. In the month of November, they were a below average offense against not good defenses outside of Clemson. And then you look at the the teams they played in October, and it was you know Temple and. It was essentially nobody in Texas Uh A&M. And it it turns out that that Texas A&M game looks more and more every week to be a complete anomaly. I I do not think that they have anywhere near a top 25 offense. I think that they are – I think they have probably a top 25 defense. We're talking top 50, 60 offense. I don't think they're – I don't think they're that much better than the Pitt team we played today. Um, You just kind of flip. Like, I think the offense was a, is a little bit better than Pitt's offense, but I don't think their defense is much better than Pitt's, Pitt's defense. I mean, they got a, some defensive tackles, but I think Pitt's secondary is better. I don't I don't think Miami is a very good football team. I'm going to be completely honest with you. hot oh, take. I unless, take. They, unless they, like, go out and show, prove me wrong and say that – like, if they show out against NC State tonight and prove to me that the Texas A&M game was not an anomaly – then I'll believe in the Miami, that Miami's a legitimate threat to come into Dope Campbell Stadium.
2: Fantastic. I love starting <laughs> off that way. Kev,
1: you're the best. Stay tuned. His
2: previews are the best. It'll be great. We've got a just a fat week of content on Knowles 24-7. Biggest recruiting in game weekend of the year. Mm-hmm. Awesome previews from Kev. Going to do a little Know thy enemy on the bench is going to be cracking and just firing off on all cylinders as always. Adam's going to be on the board insulting people and giving just great analysis. Everybody is amped for Miami Hate Week. It's going to rule. And if you're not on Knowles247.com, you're a nerd and a loser, and you won't get to experience any of it. And everybody's going to be pointing at, laughing at you. So don't be a laughing stock anymore. Quit being a clown. Join Knowles twenty four seven, and come hang out with the best of the best of the best. Florida State is nine and zero. All of you are nine and zero. We appreciate the support. We love you. i was supposed to give my mother a shout out. Mom, love you. Hope you're having fun in Madison Social. Have <laughs> as much having as much white Zen as that place can uh, as that place can accommodate you fire up the tv you earned it because you raised me love you battlezen.com throw the money right now and Best. uh we'll see you guys next week keep chopping 9-0.